This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria Tellez interviews Terry Christine, the author of The Secret Power of You, a guide to mastering your inner greatness. Her book is endorsed by Don Miguel Ruiz, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Four Agreements. Terry Christine is also an internationally recognized intuitive energy healer, TV personality, radio and podcast featured expert. For over a decade as a practicing intuitive energy healer, Terry has helped thousands like you access clarity, results, understanding, and a sense of peace and freedom. Terry helps her clients reconnect with the deeper forces and powers within themselves to create a fuller, more satisfying life. She helps pinpoint what you cannot easily see for yourself. Energy healing is an intervention that supports medical and mental health protocols. Terry's work is best seen as that intervention and supports existing medical and mental health protocols to boost positive and measurable outcomes for patients and clients whose goals are increased physically and emotionally for their health and well-being. In fact, Terry Christine's intervention is its own protocol for healing that supports or is an aid to existing medical and psychotherapy protocols or models. It is a new paradigm of healing. Through her work, she helps you clear away your stories and fears that are wrapped around old energetic blocks, which hold you back and often contribute to emotional and physical chronic pain. Within a matter of seconds, Terry Christine can uncover the history of the experiences you faced, which led to the creation of your limiting beliefs. Meet Terry at terrychristine.com. Here is the interview with Terry Christine. In your own words, who is Terry Christine? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I am an intuitive energy healer and psychic medium. I've been doing this for over 13 years now. I've written a book. I've been on Hay House Radio, Bravo Network, and many other platforms, telesummits and podcasts such as this one, to help people see that there are alternative ways to heal from your past. Before we talk specifically on topics that's in your book, The Secret Power of You, A Guide to Mastering Your Inner Greatness, I have these warm-up questions. So the first one, Terry, for you has to be this one. What is healing? Wow, that's very profound. Healing is a sense of finally finding peace within who you are of feeling a deeper sense of being able to know and live in that space of who you are and accept exactly who you are. What are we looking for when we ask that question? Who am I? We're looking for clarity in what really truly lights our fire. (laughs) Yeah, and most most get disillusioned or lost with that because they feel like it needs to be a full-blown dragon flame or, you know, a a bush on fire when it can be something something as simple as as accepting yourself and others and just living life and seeing that everything is is perfect as it is. So in speaking of life, (laughs) what is this experience called life to you? 
I live it as a uh, lifestyle. When I teach intuitive development and I help people to shift the mindset and how they can attract the things they want, how to see their limiting beliefs, that actually is all life, is that we know we have to have the good, the bad, and sometimes what we call ugly. Because if everything was a piece of cake, we'd get bored with the cake. Mm. So in order to have a more profound experience in our life, we have to have the ebb and flow or the ups and downs and the expansions and the constrictions. So that is truly what we are here to expand and grow. That is life. So I'm wondering if we made that choice to be here in a human body. Uh, I love your questions. Oh my God, I've been doing this so long that your questions are so profound. So we all make the choice to decide to come in with our soul into the human physical body. And to be present with this soul is to allow our souls to expand and grow with the experiences that we have. And yes, we all would love to have the ebb and grace, the ease and grace, the ebb and flow. But sometimes it doesn't work that way because of the limiting beliefs we chose to take in during our childhood. We have actually chosen every experience we have. Is that basically what you say? That's absolutely correct. I, I was just working with two clients this morning and one specifically, she's a young girl in college. She says, I'm stuck. And then what we were able to determine, again, I work with the subconscious space. There's no time and space with this energy. I was able to determine at a certain age that her dad decided he wanted to retire. Mom decided she wanted to do the opposite and keep moving. So now you have that tug of war of someone slowing down and the other one pushing forward. And so then she decided to create a limiting belief that work was causing her quote unquote loves, mom and dad, to fight So then now she's like not really feeling excited and moving forward into her new life. Think about it, 19 years old and just getting ready to start into her career in life. And she's stuck. And because her subconscious was saying the job was not good because it will cause you to have pain and suffering. And it makes me think about that what you just said, but we made the choice to be here, go through everything that we go through. And then we forget that we made those choices. So it is like so many people say, remembering that we have choices that we can go one way or another. And I'm, I also wonder if we can always choose to have beautiful and inspiring experiences. Is that a possibility? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I um, my spiritual journey before I was on the listener's side thinking, you know, I'm stuck. I have a partner that I don't feel this love that I give. And, you know, and even though we had two amazing children, my my job wasn't quite so so fulfilling. I mean, I was feeling that I was accomplishing, but I wasn't feeling that inner soul of like, whoa, I'm really leaving a mark in the world. And when I tell people, look, this is a lifestyle Look at the walls around you and the warm water that bathed you, the toothpaste on Mm. your toothbrush. Every Mm. little thing is an opportunity to say, I created all this and more. I I was able to put these pieces of the puzzle to have this environment, to have this experience. And now we're talking about the positive. Now let's say you're in some negative. What can you see that can be positive within that state Now, and then we go deeper and and then we only have so much time, but we could go deeper into ones that are not experiencing where, you know, might be having some physical and emotional challenges with a partner or what's going on around them. But there are other ways that you can shift and feel that you are controlling that experience without using physical force or projecting your voice. It's the mind part of trusting and knowing that you can get yourself out of situations by seeing things and shifting them differently. I love the idea of trust. And um, somehow we use different words, hope and faith. Do you connect trust to hope and faith as well? 
So for me, as I've learned the energy wrapped around our feelings and emotions and words, when I think of someone saying hope, to me, it's someone that sits on a chair and waits for someone to knock on the door. So when it has to do with faith, it it's a little bit higher vibrational than hope, meaning, you know, I have the faith, I can do it, my, I can set an intent within that faith. So it can be a combination to keep me moving forward. But for me, when you listen to people say, I hope that happens, and they're just sitting back expecting you know, the sky to turn purple when it's blue. (laughs) True. So we have to take action on our hopes and dreams, right? What would be the opposite of life or the opposite to life? You know, the common thing people would say is death. But for me, it would truly be, and, and, you know, it's easier to say not living, but not allowing yourself to grow, meaning saying, I can't do that, or I don't want to do that, or that never happens for me. Every time a person says that, look at it as that you're now putting pushing the brake as you do in a car. So when you say that, it's an automatic stop in your energy. It's not going to happen. So yes, some people may say, I want a million dollars in the bank. But everything that they start thinking wrapped around that million dollars is keeping them from it. An example, well, I don't have a college degree, so I'll never be able to do that. Or I don't say, I don't know how to do that. Or that never happens for me because I don't win the lottery. And and so each one of those are going, ah, ah, ah. So that to me is keeping you from living a full-blown abundant life. That to me is a form of death. Do you believe we all have an unique purpose or there's just one purpose for all of us, really? (laughs) (laughs) I I do have quite a few clients and people that randomly come and, and ask that specific question. But as I have developed and get the full connection to source and the answers that I clearly hear, because I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient, that our purpose here in this physical form is to expand and grow. Everything else is a choice. So you can say, you know, people say, I know my purpose is to work with children and to be that, but it's your soul calling. It's your soul connection of what you feel, like I call the soul singing, you know, what makes your heart sing and your soul sing. And it's that, but it's also the connection of being able to be in service. You're expanding and growing into what that is. That is the purpose to expand and grow. What is freedom to you? What is to be free? (laughs) Wow, man, these are awesome questions. So freedom to me is, you know, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It is, is living in the sense of feeling capable of knowing that you are moving forward and living in the state of interaction and connection. So let me take that a little deeper because, you know, when people say freedom, I can, I'm free to do whatever I'm free to move about. I'm free, you know, I'm free from the past. Well, yes, but when you're connecting with people, that connection can be a conversation, a hug, a walk and feeling safe. So all of that is freedom, feeling safe from your past, safe in an environment, freedom of being able to speak your truth without judgment and resentment, being able to receive when someone says, you know, you're a really wonderful person, but I really, I'm not into you. And and then accepting it going, you know, thank you. And that's okay. And moving forward, that is the ultimate freedom. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds liberating to live in such a way. But I want to expand the question about freedom to the uh, afterlife, if there is such a thing. But I have to ask the question first. Do you believe in life after death, mind continuation, reincarnation? (laughs) Well, I would truly have to because I am a medium. (laughs) So I do talk to dead people. And, but I believe 
because we are all energy, we look in the mirror and we think we're separated from everyone. We have this human uh, form that separates us from, but it's been scientifically proven. We have a thought and I tell people in a very layman's term that it's like a puff of smoke that comes out of your physical form and goes into the space called collective consciousness. And when we leave the physical body, we still have the soul. They've also proven, I've read an article many years ago, that the, the soul, they found the soul in the body and it's a burning amber. <laughs> and I was just watching a documentary and the guy proved many, many years ago, and I believe in 1940s, I didn't catch his name because I was just watching it, that the soul has a weight. It's less than two grams. So when we leave the physical body, we still have the experiences, the blueprint within the soul. And that's why when we come back, you'll find that several people have deja vu. I feel like I've known you. I've been here before. Or they find that things are so perfect example. These new young kids coming into our block and they're in high school and, and coming up with ideas to clear the ocean and heal cancer from little rats and things like that because they're they're already evolved individuals, souls that are just starting where they left off from the other form they left. Actually, it's not a belief in your case. It is a knowing, right, Terry, that there is life after death or just life after life in a way. Yes, it is it is a complete knowing from from what I've been shown from someone who's transitioned from what some of them see on the other side, what they say. I mean, the things I trust it 100% when someone hires me to communicate with a non-physical, I want only proof. So I'll tell them objects in the house or what their favorite uh, sport was so that when someone's talking to me and it's a mother, she knows 100% that that's my son or daughter that's talking to me because I ask for truth and nothing but the truth, which also means that they're showing me what's going on on the other side in their truth as well. So expanding that question about freedom to the non-physical world, what would that look like? to be free there? I love that question because, and I love all of them, but this one, because what happens is we come into this soul with children, as children, as babies, and we don't know anything other than unconditional love, take care of me, clothe me, protect me, love me. And somewhere there's always a type of weakness within that space. And it can be where the mom leaves the baby in the crib just a little bit longer because she's she's got to finish this, you know, whatever she was pulling out of the oven. And the baby's like, you're leaving me, come and get me, right? But as we're growing into it, we have feelings that we've been hurt emotionally or sometimes physically. We have that, why is this happening to me? And we have these lack, why can't I get out of it? And then we, some will transition with not having a dollar in the bank and thinking, this is the only life I've ever lived. But once they leave the physical form, there's no judgment. There's no resentment. They're reflecting back on growth of the opportunities of who they met and and everything, being grateful for everything, including the label of uglies. But I'm still wondering if the choices you spoke of earlier that we come back, we made a choice to come back here. And a lot of these choices included some type of suffering or testing. If this is where the mystery comes in, or perhaps you can clarify that. Why would we leave the body in a state of freedom of knowing what this mm -hmm. is all about and then come back mm -hmm. and put ourselves into more challenges? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything is energy and we are energy and the universe is infinitely growing and infinitely expanding. And with that, so are we. And if we choose to stop, then the universe will also stop expanding and growing. We are one. We are that energy. So when we're coming back to recycle or to live something else, it may be something that we, we hadn't learned. 
you know, or uh, as someone who was uh, trying to think of something negative and positive, but someone that was not very good to their partner. And then they come back into the world to, to feel what it felt like to be on that end. And now they're the person receiving that. Mm-hmm. And, and then to realize, wow, to expand and grow and now to let go of all of that, meaning the judgment and feel like this is deja vu and this doesn't feel good. And now I can forgive someone who's doing that to me or I can change how they see things by communicating or helping them get help or whatever, whatever it is, a multitude of things. But to be able to live on both sides is a perfect example. I had my own podcast and and you're the host of this podcast. So I know exactly what it takes for you on your end, how to prepare, what questions, how to ebb and flow so that listeners will want to come back for more. But then if I didn't live on your side, then I would just sit here and then, then, you know, take me away, do whatever you want. But sometimes some podcast hosts may just be new and then need a little guidance. So it's, it's very similar to that case of someone who left the body comes back into another body and it can expand and grow into saying, Oh, I'm familiar with this. Oh, it's so easy for, let me, let me do it. Let me show you. And then they're expanding that person as well. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, very much. That brings me to another question. (laughs) What do you think is the purpose of the human experience or the human experiment? For me, it it truly is, is, is to expand and grow. So if we aren't living life in the ups and downs, then you might as well stop breathing. You are not moving forward. And so... There are moments, even for me, when I was able to shift, I had a spiritual epiphany going from you know, a relationship that I was begging for the love I kept giving. And at the end, I know what it feels like to want to end your life. I was very close to it, but I knew I couldn't do it myself. And when I had that spiritual epiphany and God came to me and said, love will come, that was what I wanted. And I knew it gave me, and when you're, when we use the word hope, so someone who's below the hope, like there's nothing left, you don't want to even take another breath. There isn't any hope to bring you up. But someone that low where I was gave me that lift from despair to say, oh, there's hope that, that I was able to push my feet through the hope and move forward to where I didn't become a victim. And I didn't choose I could have chose either way, but my choice was, I'm a fighter, forget this, no way, I'm going to work through this. God came to me, and I'll use that label, it could be higher self-source light. And so whatever I decided to label it, but I knew there was something beyond me saying, love will come, and I knew I could have it. So there is where you can experience that and know that we are more than just getting up, going to work, coming home and starting all over again. Yeah. So it really went back to love. (laughs) He always does. What is your understanding and idea of love? What love is? It's all from in me because when I was at the end of that relationship, I had realized that everything that I was living for was outside of me. I was taking and putting my hand into him to say, please love me like I love you. I was taking everything, my experience at work, please satisfy me like I give to you because I didn't feel satisfied and I didn't love myself. Now, many people can say, I love myself. I take care of myself, but then they can get triggered by someone judging them. And then that is a form of not loving yourself because people are going to have limiting beliefs and blocks, which can create judgment, right? And then if you understand that that's what they have chosen to feel or believe based on their childhood and upbringing, it has nothing to do with you. So then when you love yourself, you go, I get it. I understand. And then you walk away, poof, bye. And you don't have to be their punching bag. You don't have to be part of their their path at all. You just go, bye. (laughs) 
Do you think is realistic goal or practice unconditional self-love? It's a yes and no. So we do our best not to place conditions on love, specifically for self. So if we start by doing that for self, it allows us to be expanded to give and receive outside of ourselves. But when you are placing unconditional love on someone who has conditions, then you can still place the unconditional love and say, I love myself so much that it really isn't working for me. So that doesn't mean that you're placing conditions on someone else. It just isn't satisfying your soul or helping you to support your expansion. You might be counting on them more than you're counting on yourself. So the unconditional love must start with self before you can expand it to others. From time to time, I hear quite the opposite, that it's possible to learn to love ourselves unconditionally by letting other people love us unconditionally. But then we're counting on them to satisfy our needs. Maybe from some of us, the experience of being loved unconditionally might come first before we have the courage to love ourselves unconditionally. Mm -hmm. But then you were saying to allow. So if a person is not loving themselves unconditionally, how can they allow to receive mm. unconditional love from someone else or something else? That's a good point, because that means also they don't really know what that is. Exactly, because there's already conditions placed on that. And then they're, act, then they're living in the space, well, then uh, I will only receive it if, and there's the conditions, <laughs> or I will only want to see it if, there's the conditions. Confirming that too, that's what I feel. It's really a must for all of us to come from that place of loving ourselves exactly the way we are at this moment. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And do you have a vision for a new reality? That's pretty profound. <laughs> so I truly believe that love does center around every aspect from compassion to truth to giving and receiving. And again, if we start with knowing that we, the individual soul, is already love, you can move past the shell, meaning the, the body, and see people on a different level. And it's very interesting how I was able to personally shift that years ago because my parents were teenagers, so there was a lot of lack in our life. And so as I moved through my own spiritual journey, I had to be able, and because I you know, also went through you know, that relationship and had to end it, but to love myself so much that I attract everywhere anyhow, every age, every national, uh, nationality, and I end up feeling they're, they're a, a soul I hug. So if we love ourselves so much that we can see beyond anything that another person is harboring or holding on to, you could be the catalyst to their change and shift so that they know that there is internal love within them. And then the reality is all centered around, I want to call equal justice, justice for all, everyone, all of us, no matter who, how, what, where. So energy healing, what is it? And how did you discover this healing method? Mm -hmm. So I began with, as I stated, through my spiritual epiphany that I had and something, I, I was totally in corporate world. I didn't even know yoga or crystals or essential oils, mm -hmm. none of that. It wasn't mm -hmm. even part of my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And when the source energy came to me and gave me those words, I knew there was something more. And then things started just transforming. And then I'm like, what is this Reiki? And what is this essential oil doing? What are these stones and rocks? And, and then intuitive development. And so because I was um, an expert in my field in sales, I wanted to work with people that I could really truly not be equals with, but they could be more than so I could really enhance that I could really understand that would make me think. 
And so when I moved through the journey, I realized that there is something more than just what we get up and do. And over time, because I practice this every single day and have been doing it all closer to 14 years, but because I've been doing it so long, I see patterns in people. And so within those patterns, it makes it easy for me to determine what it is that's going on with them. And so when I see people locally, I've been putting my hands on them, but I've been asking the universe to say, look, I want profound. I want to heal cancer. I want to do all these things. And now people are coming to me with physical pain and they'll walk away without the pain. But because of my years of practice, because I can see these things in my mind's eye, I can feel the energy shift and they feel the energy shift and the pain goes away. But a physical pain is actually an emotional block that's been triggered into an emotional feeling. And so I'm working with the emotional aspect, even though it's a physical feeling in someone. Once I shift the emotional aspect, the pain goes away. And so there is where people can realize that if they're having or like big back pains, lower back is life's a pain in the butt. So anything that someone's thinking about, this is a pain of my whatever, then shift what you're saying. Think of how it can be better for you. And eventually that pain really will go away. You truly have to believe it. It starts with believing. How do we know when we are listening to the voice of intuition in our own egotistic self? <laughs> you already spoke the word. It's trust. So when people say, how do you do what you do? And when I just quiet my mind and I, there's a few processes that I go through to determine what's going on within someone, I just start speaking, but I trust it 100%. So if a person says, no, I don't think that's way. And I'm like, hold on then, because I don't feel I'm wrong. I feel that maybe it's how I said it and it's not triggering a memory that they feel they need to see. And so it's the saying goes that if, if a tree falls in the forest, does it still make a sound? So just because you can't feel it, are you saying it didn't happen? So when a person will allow me to start telling the story. And if it's not resonating, I'll go deeper so that they can go, oh, I remember when, or oh, that that makes sense because now I'm starting to feel emotional and I don't know why. Because I'm working within that deep subconscious space. Hey, if we were all conscious, it wouldn't be subconscious, right? And then if we all knew our limiting beliefs, we'd all have a lot more money in our banks and we'd all be living the lifestyle that we want. But we are here to expand and grow. We are here to let go of what we chose was not good for us or what we were trying to protect our emotions over if mom and dad were having an argument as a child. Then we have to bring it forth so we can say, it's like buying a house. You know, you the, the house is perfect for you when you bought it. But now 10 years later, you might have a larger family or your job is now in another state. So you have to contract out of the house, you sign off and you buy a new house. However, when it comes to limiting beliefs, we forget to contract out of it and we're still hanging on to it. And then that's why people still rotate in the same partners or the same jobs or the same lack of energy, meaning abundance or whatever. Do you ever use the word God? I use it as a label. I am not, uh, I do not follow organized religion with a Bible or church. I did go when I was a young child. It, there's nothing the matter with it. I encourage my children to go to have a sense of community, to know that you can be in service with your community. But I did not force them. And I didn't, and I don't feel that if it doesn't resonate with you, that you need to continue to go. It's about what resonates with you. And so when I say God, everybody instantly goes and thinks up in the sky or up there. But I can say, you know, the energy of all that is, or source energy or universe. And I do in various different ways, but I find that I do have a tendency to use the label God, but it's the source in which we all have come from. How did you become a writer, Terry? So when I went through my journey and the emotional pain that I went through, I started realizing the deeper I got into 
teaching intuitive development and seeing how I could help a person so profoundly. I looked at the saving little lives that I wanted to do it in a tool mechanism. I call it the tools for success. So videos, YouTube videos, books, podcasts, uh, those types are tools for success. So if somebody is listening to this and felt like, oh my God, I went through the same emotional heartbreak and wow, she catapulted. Wow, that makes sense to me. Then to me, a podcast is a tool for success to help push them along, knowing that they can be more successful in severing the ties from that past feeling or those past limiting beliefs that they they chose to create when they were young. So when I moved further into it, I realized, man, I am, you know, spiritual people say downloads. I get these downloads and they're so simple yet very profound. And I wanted to share it through a tool for success. And that's why I chose to write a book. Yeah. And speaking of success, what is success to you these days? What is to be successful? Is to know that what you are creating and the world that you're creating is moving you closer into the, the person that you really are, meaning that the soul that's singing, right? So that, you know, oh, I can do whatever I want. If I, you know, I, I, if I decide that I want to work in daycare and this pleases me so much because I love children and there are people that are like that, then that's success for them. They are doing exactly what they love. In your book, you speak a lot about knowing what we want precisely. So you say when you need to do something for yourself, you are the only one who knows what you need. How do we learn to identify what we need and want? And why is that a challenge for most of us? Mm -hmm. The perfect example, and I loved that you picked that one up. So I do a lot of mind, body, spirit events, and I find that people will come in like groups, like uh, two girlfriends or a couple or a couple of girls or whatever, they're, they'll come in groups. And I see them walking up to a booth and I'll see them talking to each other and then they'll walk away. So what happens is that one will say, oh, look at this person. I really think I should have a reading with them or I should buy that. What do you think? So now what happens is that when that one person said, oh, I really want to do it, but they're asking their counterpart or their whoever they're with, they're simply wanting confirmation. But what ends up happening is that now the person that knows them is all basing on their feelings about how you they think you would respond, right? And then their own internal judgments and their own internal limiting beliefs. Oh, she's like this, but I know that you're going to second guess it. So you probably shouldn't do that. But let them do it if they felt they resonated because the first thought you get is the truth. The very first thought. When I was on a psychic website, I spent five years and I was a very successful one at that. I had a very strong following because I just wanted them to understand the truth about what this energy is. And the one that I was not fond of providing was messages about cheating partners. I just wasn't fond because I speak the truth. And when I would, the first thing, if they would ask me, I would say, if you have to ask a psychic, you probably already know. So if you already are having these feelings, you don't have to get confirmation. It's just a matter of what you feel, of what you're seeing, and slow down and allow some more of the answers to come to you. And they do come. Don't question and doubt it. Even though the other one might say, oh, you, you, no, I'm not doing that. But then they're disappearing or, oh, or they're texting behind your back or, and you want to believe them because you love them and they're telling you one thing, but inside it's not making sense. The inside is your truth. And that is what makes sense. Yeah, especially when it becomes feelings and emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you said slowing down so we are able to listen to that voice and perhaps gather some courage to act upon what we have to do. Uh, would you recommend meditation? I do, but I recommend because the first thing people say is, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> but I create it in their existing lifestyle, I say. 
When you're in the shower, you're in there between eight and 15 minutes. You don't have to think about the water or the soap. You don't have to think about what you're having for lunch or your deadlines. Just clear your mind. Just, you could ask a simple question. Help give me clarity today, universe. Help me see, help me have more fun. Help me laugh more. I want to see it. And then let it go. But you do not have to constantly think about it because then it becomes lack because there's a fine line between creation and lack. And then also you're tying your shoes, you're getting dressed, you're brushing your teeth, you're cooking, you're driving. These are all opportunities to clear your mind and you can have a form of a mini meditation. Yes, while driving. You can see things that are going on. You don't have to think about what's going on. You clearly can interact while you're driving with what uh, the the um, traffic around you. You don't have to think about that. So keep your mind open to receive the answers. And then whatever the answer is, is that first truth. You said something interesting in your book about confusion is the first step toward clarity. So that kind of made me reflect upon this truth. So talk to me about confusion and clarity, the connection between them. Okay. It's a, the perfect thing is what I talked about in the relationship at the end. I could not see what was happening that I was living so far outside of myself and that I really truly didn't love myself enough. I wanted others and other things to create the love within me. So I was confused. I kept thinking, why is he doing this? I'm so angry. I'm resentful because I keep giving and why aren't you doing that for me? And so there is where I was causing my own torture and pain because he had his own upbringing of eight children, his own limiting beliefs of not being good enough. And then here I was forcing him who already feels not good enough to be good enough for me. And so there is where the confusion was lying to me. And once I was able to stop enough, stop forcing him to do what I wanted him to do, and in the end, I had to end it in order to love myself, to have more clarity of why I was doing what I was doing. And now I'm so happy. I'm even, I, I'm not in a relationship now. It's been a long time. I've been in and out of them. However, I do not have to have a relationship to be happy. And there's so many people in this world that feels like they have to have one in order to feel love or to be happy. There's something else you said in your book that caught my attention was about divine order. So trust in the divine order of your life. Are you proposing that there is an order to our lives? So what I'm proposing is that, and I take time about once a year to think about the beginning of the year, and you're going to love this, <laughs> who I met, the opportunities and doors that opened, the emails that I reached out to or, or responded to, the Facebook people that I reached out to and responded to, and how I got to this moment right here, right now, and to meet you. And so when we see the divine order, it simply means what we chose, how we moved into it, not knowing a year ago that I would be right here with all of you, but I didn't see it in advance and I not I didn't judge it in advance. I didn't say, well, where's my life going? And I hate my job and why isn't this happening? But what I did was I allowed myself to create as I was moving forward, knowing that it was moving me into a perfect opportunity, which this right here, right now to me, and I hope to the ones listening and you, that is the perfect opportunity to be right here, right now. But that is the divine order is when you make decisions, when you move into it, the people you're meeting, how that may be an introduction to another person. That's exactly how you meet your partners and your husbands and your spouses and your, and you know, whoever you want to label them and, and then meeting your coworkers and, and, and then, you know, the experience you had with them. And, you know, some of them weren't that great, but it also gave you an opportunity to create, meaning create your own boundaries, 
knowing that what you did, how you responded to it, how you won't do it again, how you may do it again, you know, and knowing it and knowing that it's all in gratitude versus being angry that it happened. Talk to me for a moment about the mag stream technique, I think. I'm mm. not sure if that's how you pronounce it. That is. I created that. I remember I was sitting with a girlfriend and we wanted to create something that was really powerful. It's actually a combination of five things that I created. What it is, it's a guided, not, not really, you can call it a meditation, but there's five phases of it. And in the middle is a mini meditation of one of the phases, but it's about creative visualization. It's about letting go. It's the mini meditation. It's the mirror technique. There were several little phases in it so that you can accept yourself. And that's the very first one to accept yourself right where you are. If you're angry, okay, you're angry. You can accept that. But the thing is, it doesn't have to last a day, a week, a month, a year. So accepting that and then moving through the process of mag stream. And in the end, it's the mirror technique, meaning I'm seeing myself. I'm looking in my pupils. And you know what? I love myself for who I am. I love where I am. I love who I am. And I acknowledge that I'm feeling this. And that is okay. So it really is a very transformative process in a very short 15 minute uh, technique. And that is actually something that I created uh, that you won't find anywhere else. <laughs> it is. Thank you for bringing that up because I was very proud of what I created there. <laughs> yeah. You said false belief patterns are passed down from generation to generation. So that's what I see a lot of times, my own eyes, there's something deep there that I don't understand what it is, but it's not part of what this is now, and it's living, experiencing it in this moment. But I can see the shadows of the past, which is so fascinating. Yep. And now it's time to just stop it and see it and shift it. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With love and kindness, right? Absolutely. So I have a few more questions for you before I ask them. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book, Terry? Oh, yes. Thank you. I'll just flip a page open. Here we are. Is lack a large factor in your life, meaning you see many limits in and around your life keeping you from increasing your abundance? No college degree, not a lot of work experience, no seniority. Imagine yourself standing in a group of people. Everyone is talking and you are the center of attention. Everyone is listening to you. They are hearing you. They are doing what you ask of them. You begin to feel what it is like when you are the solution. You are the one that everyone looks up to. This feeling generates a sense of trust within you beyond the limiting beliefs you tell yourself. You begin to live as though you are the solution and others around you respond in a positive way. You continue to trust and live as though everything you have and need is already part of your life. Now, as you reflect back upon the limiting beliefs you had on the lack of no experience and no college degree, you will find yourself in the energy of having endless opportunities expose themselves to you. I literally just opened the book and pulled that out. That's yeah. really great. Yeah. And it speaks the message for all of us. Thank you so much for your mission, Terry. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. I'm very honored and grateful to be here. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? Uh, <laughs> that is really funny. I would probably right now just not work as hard as I'm working, but I do know that I do have an end result that I want to create. And so I would know that I don't have to work as hard. And, you know, this is a choice. Again, we talked about choices that I'm making, but I know that it's not a never ending process. So when I choose this, I'm not complaining. I actually enjoy it. I actually only slept three hours and everyone said, did you have 10 cups of coffee? Because when I went to bed, I said, what will it take for me to wake up fully energized and excited? And I did. And I was, I've been bouncing off the wall. So it's a choice in that. And so again, is your choice 
you know, of what you're doing, are you irritated or angry or frustration? Or are you choosing that I'm, I'm doing this and it's okay because my end result is something that I really truly want and desire? Mm-hmm. Yes. And my last question, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? Mm. <laughs> Trust, <laughs> gratitude, and the creation within our mind, body, and spirit. I know it. I live it. I was like the people listening, and now here I am today. And I always wanted to say, how can I talk to dead people? How can I put my hands on people and heal them? How can I hear these things that, you know, that I know within their, how can I see that? And I wanted it. And now I'm doing it and I'm changing entire lives. It's truly all about that. Yes. We can all do it. Thank you so much for your presence, your authenticity. I love your energy, how free it is. And thank you again for your message and mission in this reality. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very grateful. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Sure. Thank you. I do have an amazing website that has actually videos on there. Um, I have my book on there and also, um, like you just listed projects and other things that are coming, um, that are here also as well. So it's under my name, Terry, uh, Christine.com. That's T E R R I E Christine. I also have there a lot of YouTube videos. I'm on Instagram. I do Facebook lives all the time. And of course you can find me almost weekly on various different telesummits and podcasts, very similar to this one as well. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Terry. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Terry Christine and her work, please visit terrychristine.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.